Hey, this is Rodney Gage. I'm the pastor of Rethink Life Church in Orlando, Florida, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out today. I hope it encourages and inspires you to live with a new perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with your life. Here's today's message. Well, hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for our online experience. We are so honored to have you join with us as we kick off another year of 2022. And I hope you're as excited as I am. I am really just uh, excited about all that's in front of us. I have a spirit of expectancy for what God is going to do in and through my life and in through your life and obviously in and through the life of Rethink Life Church, and we're praying that 2022 is going to be a transformational year in all of our lives, and as we grow, as we really become all that God has destined for us to be, and as we continue to impact people's lives throughout our city and beyond. And to help us do all of that, we're kicking off a brand new message series. I'm really excited about it. In fact, I'm going to be sharing with you a subject matter or topic that everybody wants to experience in life. Unfortunately, very few know how or where to find it. You know what that topic is? It's the subject of happiness. In fact, John Maxwell, I was listening to a podcast recently, and uh, he made this statement. I thought it was very profound in the fact that he said, happiness is growth. It's virtually impossible to be happy if you're not growing, especially when it comes to your relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, Sean Covey even made this statement. He said, our habits will make us or break us because we become what we repeatedly do. And so what we're getting ready to embark upon in the coming weeks is we're actually going to be kicking off this new series called The Habits of Happiness, and we're doing it in a verse-by-verse study through the book of Philippians. And so I just want to encourage you, if you have a Bible, open it up. In fact, go to the book of Philippians. And uh, if you have a journal, maybe something to write with uh, and write on, I would highly encourage you to take notes, underline some things, really allow this series to be really a a, a game-changing place in your life where you form some new habits, where you begin to repeatedly put into your life systems and habits that will help you grow so that you can experience God's goodness and really experience everything that He has for you. And what's interesting about this specific book, and the reason why I'm really building everything upon this book known as the book of Philippians, is because, which happens to be a letter that Paul wrote while he was in a prison cell in Rome. And I'll explain more about that here in just a moment. What's interesting is that the words joy, happy, glad, or rejoice, listen to this, in those various forms are used 17 times throughout the book of Philippians. In fact, what's interesting is that's a short letter. As I stated, Paul wrote this letter to a group of Christians. In fact, it was a church that he helped establish, that he helped plant there in the city of Philippi, which happens to be um, just you know a, a city, if you will, in Greece. And Paul not only was writing this letter in a prison cell, 
But here's the ironic thing. The fact that he wrote this letter on the subject of joy or happiness while he was in a prison cell tells you and me that our happiness is not limited to happenstance or circumstances. In fact, Paul is going to help us understand how we can look beyond our current circumstances because there's a lot of things right now, unfortunately, that are happening in our nation that have been happening in our nation now for quite some time. And it's taking its toll on a lot of people. And even though a lot of people and the new calendar year is setting new year resolutions and setting forth goals and you know they're wanting to you know move beyond what we've been experiencing in the last 24 months or so, the reality is, is that the vast majority of people may start off strong, but they may not finish strong. And really the key that holds them back is really their lack of systematic habits they, that they build into their lives on a daily basis because that's where they're going to grow. That's where they're going to overcome a lot of the limitations or setbacks or maybe some of the circumstances that come against us. So with all of that said, here's what I want to ask you. In fact, this is an interesting question. The question is, if you were to achieve or experience happiness in your life, and I know that's what we all desire, right? The question is, where would you start? Another way of saying it is, what would you start with? Would you start with money? Would you start with pleasure? Would you perhaps start with popularity, fame? You know, a lot of people look to those type of things and associate those type of achievements, money, pleasure, fame, popularity. They associate those things as happiness. But here's the issue. The issue is, is that the Apostle Paul was helping us to understand that, listen, of all the places that you could pursue and all the things that you could pursue in life, the single most important thing that you can do to form habits of happiness in your life is to start in your relationships. You know why? Because you can have fame. You can have money. You can have all the pleasure that money can buy. But I'm here to tell you, if you're going through a divorce, listen, if you are upside down or sideways in a relationship with someone, maybe it's a coworker at work, you know, maybe it's a situation with an extended family member. But listen, if you get sideways, if there is conflict between you and someone else relationally, I'm here to tell you that is a miserable place to be. And you may be facing that situation right now. Maybe you just come out of a divorce. Maybe you're going through a very difficult time right now. Maybe you find yourself separated from your spouse. Maybe there's some friction. Maybe there's some aftermath from the Christmas crazies that we talked about last month from over the holidays. And some of those feelings are carrying over because there's resentment, there's hurt, there's, there's disappointment that you've encountered in your life. And Paul is simply saying that the single most important thing that we can do to achieve happiness is not only to have a relationship with Jesus. We'll talk about that plenty throughout this series. But he said, really, foundationally, the most important thing you can do is to start by building strong, healthy habits in your relationships. And so the question is, is how do we do that? Well, that's what we're going to begin today in this first installment of this series. And we're looking at it once again in a verse-by-verse -verse approach, 
And we're going to be starting with chapter 1 in Philippians chapter 1, looking at verses 1 through 11 today. So listen as a, and or follow along as I read. Philippians 1, verses 1 through 11. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I am writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Jesus Christ, including the church leaders and deacons. May God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. He said, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. And whenever I pray, I make my, requ my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who began the good work within you, will continue His work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So, is it right that I should feel as I do about all of you? For you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Jesus Christ. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring you glory and praise to God. So what I just got through reading to you is a very fascinating start to a letter that Paul wrote to a group of believers. And I'm just going to share with you up front. What I'm going to be sharing, I'm honestly sharing with myself, because what I'm going to be talking about is a whole lot easier to teach and to preach than it is to actually live out. Trust me. I mean, I feel like I've... <laughs> You know, I've worked pretty hard on having a strong, healthy marriage and, and as a parent, you know, trying to help raise strong spiritually, emotionally and healthy kids. But at the end of the day, I have failed miserably time and time again as a husband, as a father and friendships and relationships. And that's the reason why I stated it's a lot easier to teach and to talk about than it is to actually apply in our everyday lives. And so with that, I hope that you will extend some grace towards me as I'm extending grace towards you because we're all in this together. We need as much help and hope and encouragement and support from each other as we possibly can get. But Paul helps us to understand by really showing some things that he learned through the people there in Philippi that he spent much time with. And the first principle, or what I call the habit of happiness that we're going to talk about, that we learn from Paul and learn from the people there in Philippi, is this aspect of being grateful. So you ought to jot that down. Because the key is to be grateful for the people in our lives. In fact, study after study after study links gratitude with 
happiness. You know and I know it is impossible to be happy and ungrateful at the same time. And so the key is that we've got to understand the importance of being grateful for the people in our lives. In fact, in verse 3, Paul said it this way. He said, every time. So literally, there is a habit that he established repeatedly. Every time I think of you, Paul said, I give thanks to my God. Now that's incredible to me. Notice, he said, every time. What that means is, he said he was intentional about remembering the good times, the good experiences that he had with the people. They shared wonderful times and experiences with one another. Now, there's some important lessons, I think, for us to learn when it comes to this whole issue of gratitude. And the issue is, is that sometimes we have a tendency, especially if you are in a marriage relationship, we have a tendency to take for granted those who know us and are closest to us in our lives. In fact, the key to healthy relationships is to never forget why we got married in the first place. If you have friendships in your life, you have a circle of friends that you associate with, we should never forget what it was about that individual that we were drawn to to become friends in the first place. You see, the longer, the longer we are around people, the more we're exposed to what? To their weaknesses and their faults. And the more we begin to focus on their weaknesses, we begin to focus on their shortcomings and their faults, guess what happens? Not only do we take them for granted, but since we're focusing on their weaknesses, what happens? We become unhappy with our friendship. We become unhappy in our marriage. We become unhappy. Why? Because we're allowing other people to dictate how we feel because we're focusing on the wrong things. And Paul said, every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Now, what's interesting is that Paul the Apostle, again, wrote this letter while he was in a prison cell in Rome. Now, one of the things that's not specifically talked about or revealed in the book of Philippians is this truth. In fact, if you go and you read the book of Acts, where Paul actually goes on one of the missionary journeys to help start that church there in Philippi, one of the things that we learn is that, listen, the circumstances that he dealt with was miserable. In fact, he was whipped and scourged. He was falsely um, arrested and thrown into prison. In fact, he was even told by the city leaders to leave the city and to never come back. And yet Paul was still able to overcome the negativity and the circumstances to establish this church. And you know what? It wasn't the easiest place to establish a church in because of all the negativity and all of the resistance. And yet Paul was focusing on the good times. He was focusing on the experiences. My wife Michelle and I, uh, we were in Nashville um, earlier in the week and uh, we were actually having dinner uh, with an individual and his wife along with our son Luke. And he's in the music industry. 
And he was fascinated by our story. He wanted to know how we started a church. And so I said, well, how much time do you got? And we literally, we spent much of our conversation there over the dinner table about how we started our church. And I shared with him that when we moved from Texas to Orlando 20 years ago, or over 20 years ago now, uh, our, our, in fact, my wife Michelle was eight months pregnant with our son Luke. We had a two-year-old, we had a four-year-old daughter, uh, daughters at the time. And so here we were, a young couple, two small children, one on the way. And uh, we, we land into a city. We had no relationships. We didn't know anybody. We had no roots, no foundation whatsoever here. And um, we ended up finding a rental house uh, there when we moved into the rental house. Little did we know that uh, we were going to be downsizing significantly from the house we had just lived in. We just built a brand new home. And so we brought all of the furnishings. We brought all of our, everything we had to our name, obviously, to Orlando. In fact, most of the furniture and all the boxes we piled up in the garage. Well, weeks went by and here we are now with a brand new baby in this little small rental home. And uh, suddenly one day we're all scratching and itching and we now had an infestation of fleas. Came to realize that what was causing all of the, the, the fleas in the house was there were dead raccoons under the house. And so fleas were coming through the vents and the floor from everywhere. And then we had an invasion of ants, of all things. Everywhere we turned, ants were crawling up the windows, in the kitchen. I mean, literally everywhere. In fact, my wife, Michelle, before we had the baby, before she had the baby, uh, she was just longing for a bathtub, but we didn't have a bathtub in this little house. We actually had a shower, and uh, every time uh, she tried to get ready, uh, we had to unscrew multiple light bulbs because there was a shortage in the breaker, and so we had to finally figure it out so that we could have enough wattage there without blowing the circuit, you know, to have one light while she could use the hairdryer simultaneously. And then there was a major storm that came, and you guessed it, all of the furniture and the belongings that we had stored in the garage, guess what? It was flooded. And we had many of our personal belongings and furnishings destroyed because of the flood. It was like one disaster after another. But can I tell you this? Over 20 years later, guess what? We're not focusing on all those things. You know what we have focused on? We have focused on the lives that have been changed. We've been focused on the relationships that we have built. We have focused on the joy that has been brought to our lives because we've grown. We've seen other people grow. We've seen an impact that's been made on countless people. And I'm here to tell you, man, when you start focusing on the good things and the positive things, guess what? You have an attitude of gratitude that wells up in your heart and you can't help but thank God for all that he's done and his provision and his miraculous, listen, his miraculous provision to help us through the difficulties in our lives. In fact, in verse 5, here's what Paul said. He said, I'm not focusing on the negative memories. He said, I'm focusing on the good times that we share. In verse 5, he said, For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. So he was focusing on the good things in the relationship 
with the people, not the bad things that was going on in the city and the things that were coming against him while he was there. You know what that tells me? Memory is a choice. Did you get that? Memories are a choice. So you can choose to sit around and remember all the hurt and the bad things that have happened to you. And if that's what you choose to do, fine, go for it. But I'm telling you, you're going to be a miserable person. Or you can choose to focus on the good things. You can choose to focus on the positive things. You can choose to to focus on the things that God wants to do in and through our lives. In fact, here's a habit of happiness principle. I'm going to give you several of these as we continue. And here it is. Remember the best and forget the past. Remember the best, or I should say, and forget the rest. And so it's important that we realize just how important it is that we remain grateful in our relationships and grateful for the people whom God has brought into our lives. Number two is this. We not only need to be grateful, but we need to pray joyfully. In verse 4, Paul said, Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you, notice, with joy. Now, I want you to think about the person in your life who irritates you the most. Now, if you're watching this at home and you're sitting somewhere near that person, don't look at them right now, okay? But if you have somebody in your life that irritates the fire out of you. Here's what I want to challenge you with. I want to challenge you with this thought and with this statement. Rather than focusing on the negative characteristics or the annoying things that they do that irritate you, what if, rather than thinking about those things, you spent more time praying for those individuals? In fact, here's... One of the things that I want to share with you about a habit that you can build into your life. And here it is. You ready? The habit of happiness, the second habit here, the principle that is this. The quickest way to change a bad relationship to good is to start praying for the other person. Let me repeat that. The quickest way to change a bad relationship to good is to start praying for the other person. In verses 9 through 11, Paul said it like this. He said, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ. For this will bring much glory and praise to God. So right there in those verses, Paul gives us four things that we should specifically pray for when it comes to the other people in our life. Whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, whether it's a co-worker. Let me share something with you. I pray that you will pray these four things over my life because these four things is something we all need in our lives. And the first is this. Here's here's what I want to encourage you to pray for other people. Pray that they will grow in love. Pray that they will make wise choices in their life. Pray 
that they will live with integrity and then pray that they will become more like Jesus. Now think about that for a moment. There is nothing that encourages me more than when somebody comes up to me and says, hey, Pastor Rodney, I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Man, that just puts fuel in my tank. It warms my heart to know that people are praying for me and specifically that they're praying that I will experience those things that Paul emphasized in our lives. Those four things, I believe, are four things that every parent ought to pray over their kids. In fact, I would encourage you, if you have a heart for prayer, if you enjoy praying for people, and especially when we get prayer requests that are turned into us, which by the way, you can text the words RTL prayer if you have a prayer request, but also would invite you to text those same words RTL prayer to the number 97000. Text that to us and let us know if you would like to join our prayer team. So every week when we have people that submit prayer requests, we pray for those people. We often will write them handwritten notes just to affirm and let them know that we're praying for them. There is power in prayer. And Paul said, I pray for people, but not just pray for people. I pray joyfully for those whom God has placed in my life. So it's important that we realize that when we have difficulties in our relationships, the most important thing we can do is rather than nag and, 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 and complain and, and you know, see the negative and the weaknesses of the individuals, instead, we ought to pray. In fact, that's the reason why we're doing 21 days of prayer. We're in the middle. We're not necessarily in the middle. We're just getting started. I want to invite you to join us at 6 a.m. every morning, Facebook, uh, Instagram. You can join us online, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And it's an opportunity for you to join with us during this 21-day prayer journey. Why are we doing that? The reason why we're doing that is because we need to pray for one another. We need to pray that God will change the hearts of people. And God will give us provision and protection. He will give us peace. That He'll give us His power in our lives so that we can experience His presence in our lives. And so with that, here is something that I want to pass along to you. Because the habit of happiness principle is this. It's important that we celebrate how far people have come rather than judging how far they still have to go. Now, I want to build on this because in verse 6, in verse 6, Paul said, I am certain. In other words, he said, I'm confident that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. What is he saying? He's saying we need to expect the best in other people. So that's the third thing that Paul tells us. We need to build a habit into our lives, this habit of happiness in our relationship specifically. And one of the keys to doing that is through an expectant heart. It's expecting the best of others. Celebrate how far people have come rather than judging how far they still have to go. I don't know about you, but aren't you grateful that when God looks at us, He doesn't see us as Christians. He doesn't see us in our sin. You know what he does? He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Aren't you grateful for that? 
He doesn't see us for our mistakes, our flaws, our sinfulness, even though he has every right to do so. But that's something known as justification, just as if we have never sinned. That simply means that God doesn't see us necessarily as we are, but ultimately he sees us for who we can become. He sees the potential in our lives. And Paul was, in a, listen, he was one of the best. He was a master at bringing out the best in other people. You say, how did he do it? Here are three things that he did. Number one, he believed in people. In other words, he just expected the best. He said, I'm certain. He said, I'm, in, I'm confident this is going to happen. Another thing, he gave them a vision. In other words, he wanted them to understand, listen, what God starts, he's going to finish. So he wanted them to look future forward related to all that God had in front of them. And then he also, he's, he, he practiced patience with those in his lives. In other words, he said, God is going to continue his work until it is finally completed, until it's finally finished. What does that say? What that means is that we are all a work in progress. And there are going to be people who will fall short of our expectations. There are going to be people who will maybe just disappoint us along the way. But guess what? Aren't you thankful that God is patient with us when we fall short of his expectations, when we blow it and we mess up? Why? Because God is a loving God. And you know what the key to being patient with other people is in our lives? You ready for this? The key to being patient is love. In fact, in verse 7, he said, So is it right that I should feel as I do about all of you? He said, for you have a special place in my heart. He said, you have a special place. In other words, you are on my heart. Let me tell you something. If people, your spouse, your kids, your coworkers, the people in your life, if they're not on your heart, guess what? They're going to get on your nerves. And so it's important that we have people on our hearts. Because the problem that messes a lot of people up and what causes a lot of conflict is we react and we respond with our heads rather than our hearts. And so what we've got to understand is that we have to expect the best in people if we're going to have strong, healthy relationships. And it's going to require a lot of patience. And how to experience patience? By having people on our heart. Which leads me to the fourth and final habit of happiness principle in this passage of scripture. And it's the, it's the principle of loving like Jesus. In other words, Paul said, be grateful, pray joyfully, expect the best, and then love the people in your life just like Jesus does. You see, as I stated at the very beginning, you know what, this is a lot easier to talk about and to teach than it is to actually live. And that is the reason why we need to be dependent upon the Holy Spirit. We need to ask the Holy Spirit to fill us, fill us every single day with His power to do what, listen, what doesn't come natural to us. We need the power of God at work in our lives and we need the love of Jesus to overflow through our lives into the lives of other people. In verse 8, Here's what he said. He said, God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. You know what the greatest single need is 
for the people in your life. The greatest single need of the people, I believe, in our, in our nation, in our world today. The greatest single need that honestly is taking place in our church right now is for people to know and to be known. For people to love and to be loved. And the only way that we can truly know and truly love people the way God knows us and loves us is for us to experience something that only God can do. And here is the last habit of happiness principle. And that is to focus on others more than ourselves. That's the key. It's to focus more on others and ourselves less. You see, most of us are familiar with John 3.16, right? You probably grew up memorizing that verse if you grew up in a Christian home and maybe around church. What does it say? For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that for whosoever shall believe in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. That verse is the way of salvation, right? But most people, unfortunately, forget about 1 John 3.16, written by the same person, the Apostle John. We all know John 3.16, but do we know 1 John 3.16? And it goes like this. This is how we have discovered love's reality. Jesus sacrificed His life for us. Because of this great love, we should also be willing to lay down our lives for one another. So John 3.16 is the way of salvation. But 1 John 3.16 is the way to success when it comes to having healthy, strong, life-giving relationships. And I just want to conclude by saying this. If you are disconnected, you don't feel known, maybe you haven't had the opportunity to connect with other people. Maybe you're going through a time in your life maybe where you don't feel loved and you've not had the opportunity to really grow in this area of your life and to grow in your relationship with God Himself who loves you, listen to this. The greatest step you could take is to get connected into a small group. And at the end of our month, in the month of January, we're launching our new life group season. We'll have online groups for those of you who want to participate online. It'll be an opportunity for you to begin this journey of building habits of happiness in your life. And how do we do it? Paul said, it's very important. It's very simple, but it's hard to do. What did he say? He said, the most important thing we can do is be grateful. The second most important thing we can do is to pray joyfully. The third most important thing we can do is expect the best. And the fourth most important thing we can do is to love people like Jesus. Amen. Imagine what would happen if we began this year of 2022 with that kind of perspective when it comes to the relationships in our lives. Let's bow our heads together in prayer. And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, maybe you're in a place or a season right now and maybe you just feel disconnected. Maybe you've been focusing on the wrong things. You've been focusing on the negativity and the faults and the shortcomings of other people that's caused you to be unhappy and frustrated and disappointed. 
Maybe you've allowed circumstances in your life to rob you of the joy that God wants to give you. And you know what? It all begins by making things right with God so that you can help make things right with other people. And I just want to encourage you right now to pray this prayer. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, would you do me a favor and pray this prayer in your heart? Just say, Dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner and I turn from my sin. And today I believe that Jesus died and he arose again for me. And by faith, Jesus, I'm inviting you into my life to be my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. If you prayed that prayer just then, would you do me a favor? Would you just type in the chat there uh, the words, I decided, just RTL, I decided, okay? And text that uh, even to uh, the number there on the screen to 97,000. RTL, I decided to that number 97,000. Or you can text, or excuse me, just type the words, I decided. Or you click on the I decided button there. And again, if you have prayer, we want to come alongside and pray for you and encourage you. And let's believe God to do great things as we form habits of happiness in our lives this year of 2022. Well, thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you like what you're hearing, it would mean a great deal to us if you would consider rating it and even sharing it with your friends. You can click on the share button, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories. And be sure to tag us at Rethink Life Church. To learn more about our church, check out RethinkLife.com. Until next time, hey, we love you and believe the best is yet to come in your life.